first time I preached, actually the light shining in my face. I can't see your faces. Amen. So I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> uh, African Americans, we are used to call and respond. And so I know that you've never been to, or you may have, uh, one or two of you have, but not many of you, and don't have any plans to. But So I'm bringing <laughs> new hope to you today, all right? So if you're going to be a new hope, we got to lay down some ground rules. So if you're coming and you're, if you're loving the word and the word is truly enriching your life and you like what I'm saying, just say amen. amen. All right, now, wait, wait, we're not ready yet. I got to practice. We got we to we practice, all right? All right, now, if it gets real good to you, say, preach, preacher. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's advanced level. We're not going to go there today. <laughs> so if I say something good and you enjoy what I have to say, if, 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 if it's not what I say, but if the word of God is saying something to you, I want you to say amen. So on cue, when I say amen, you say amen. All right, that's all right. Well, let's do it one more time. <laughs> all right. God is good. Amen. All right. Now he, now, he knows what I'm talking about. Amen. All right. So our, our topic today, our scripture will be found in, in we'll read Hebrews chapter 11 first. chapter 11, and it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. Verse 6 says, and without faith, now I, gotta under, I want you to understand something, faith means that I don't doubt that there is no doubt in my mind. And I'll explain what faith is further in a minute, but just capture, when you read this, you're, you're reading, you're saying that without, belief, without having any doubt in my mind, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those seek him. Verse 7 says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God concerning the events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Our lesson, our topic will come from, our scripture lesson will come from Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. And it says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God said to, uh, to er uh, God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had, cor had corrupted their way on the earth. And Noah said, and, and God said to Noah, I have demanded, I have determined to make an end to all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence. Through them, behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make an ark. Uh, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you will make it. The length of the ark will be 300 cubits, the breadth about 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Make a, 
take a roof for the ark and finish it with finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, and you and your sons and your wives and your, your sons' wives with you. And every living thing of all flesh shall, be, shall bring two Read that again. And of every living thing of all flesh, you will bring two of every sort into the ark to bring them alive with you. And they shall be male and female of the birds according to their own kind. I'm going to skip down to verse 22. Now, Noah did all this. He did this. And he did all that God had commanded. This morning will, I would like to use the, the, the topic of our video and uh, the theme of our sermon today will be mission impossible. We are witnessing in this text today, the, uh, we, we're, we're witnessing the antediluvian version of 911. We're looking at the pre-flood version of what you see on TV as 911. We're seeing uh, a great rescue mission that, uh, that God is, 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 is planning in order to save his people. Because if you read in the beginning of chapter 6, he's getting ready to destroy all of the earth. And so what we see here is God is, mo- God is choosing. God, God chooses a man. Uh, I, I, love, I love what I read in, in the commentary. It said that grace finds a way. In every situation we find ourselves in from time and time again, grace, God himself, the love of God, no matter what situation you find yourself, always finds a way. And so in this text, grace finds Noah. Not only does he find Noah, he commissions Noah. Uh, he, Noah, Noah is commissioned to do the will of God simply based on, his, uh, on who he is. Verse 9 says that he's righteous and blameless, that he is walking with God, that he is dependent on God. And most importantly, he raises his family. He doesn't have to do anything large. He doesn't have to do what, what qualifies us to go forward and do what God has called us to do. Is Are we living what God has, has written out? In order, And the proof of that is how well is my family doing? So whenever we go forward, as we go forward, as we are, are, are following hard after God, we have to make sure that our calling is pure. Not only does that we see him commissioning him, but it's by faith, by faith, his un, unwavering belief that God is going to do what he said that he's going to do. It causes him to move with anticipation, move with purpose, knowing that if God said it, God's going to do it. Amen. That's your cue. Amen. Many of you understand that what it's like to to be in a in a, in a place in and in a time in your life where it looks like it won't work out, but according to the word and the will of God, it will work out. But you're just not arrived there yet. And so let me tell you, I want to tell you this morning, it may not look like it, even though the word of God says it. But if you just keep trusting in Him, you will find yourself where He says that you're going to be. 
the body of Christ, we're at the point in which I would like to call a defining moment. A defining moment is a place in life when you come face to face with your obstacles, where it seems like it's impossible to overcome. There's nothing you can do to escape it. You can run and hide, and everywhere you turn, there it is. You've gone as far as you can go, and you can't go back from where you came. It seems as though there are too many obstacles standing in the way. It seems as though the atmosphere around you has changed, and it begins to affect uh, your efforts in a negative fashion. I used to play football, and I'm going to use some football terminology if you don't mind. But my brothers and sisters, we're in the fourth quarter. And as you know, if you look outside, the weather is turning back. It's fourth down, and we find ourselves at midfield. This is a defining moment, and we all have defining moments that they they have a way of changing and developing us as people. It has a way of changing and developing us as family members, even as an organization. I believe that this is the place that we as the body find ourselves at this moment. It starts with us making a personal commitment that no matter what I'm going through, I will trust in God. That no matter what I see, no matter what my bank account says, I will trust in God. In spite of what you're going through, leaderless, it seems as though we're in a situation in which we are, it is a dangerous thing to not have a leader. But God has plans for you. Sometimes we have to go through the rough spot so that God can assure us that, 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 that we're dependent upon him when we get to where he tells us to be. I want to encourage you today as we sing a song at New Hope Baptist Church, hold on to God's unchanging hand. I believe that this, in this place that we as a body find ourselves at the moment, uh, at this moment where we have to personally commit ourselves, But I want to encourage you this morning to take this journey with me to a place that you've never been. Take on a job that you've yet to accomplish. I warn you that it will take all that you have. It will take all of your faith, all of your prayers. It will not be a walk in the park. It will not be, you will not be tiptoeing through the sea. Persecution is a possibility. As a matter of fact, you can even count on it. This journey, if you decide to take it, will crush you. It will crush your little comfort zone. It will force you out of hiding from these four walls. It will force you to see what is actually going on, the the hurt and the pain throughout this city. Some of you sitting here may not finish. There will be some pain and some heartbreak along the way. It's an impossible task if you try to make it on your own power and your own understanding. The completion and the victory that is to come, it it cannot be comprehended by our limited vision and our finite mind. As a matter of fact, if God told us what was going to happen, we would be just like Job and say, this news is too wonderful for me to understand. If you choose to take this mission journey, church, you will not have to wait for your season and your harvest and your breakthrough. Now is your time. If you, believe, if you choose to believe, if you choose to trust God, if you choose to trust him in this season, I warn you that there will be no time for you to whine. There will be no 
no time for you to uh, look and point the finger at everybody else and say what they're not doing. This will be the time where we all step to the plate, where we all acknowledge that God, if God be for us, who can be against us? But we see that there are problems in both of these texts. And, and when we look at Ephesians, I mean, when we look at, uh, I'm preaching Ephesians, y'all excuse me. When we look at Hebrews chapter 11, the author is addressing the need to have faith. For the, the, the Hebrew Christians, they were in such persecution that they were beginning to think about going the other way. It might be a good idea to turn back, to, to worship a, 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 a false god, to worship a Caesar. But, but they decide, but this, this, this author encourages them to keep your faith. We, you need to have, y'all excuse me, I need water. <laughs> Thank you. You need to have faith. He says that to be counted as righteous. You've got to be in a position to where you trust God. The problem for them was that they, 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 they struggled in their, in their condition and what they were going through, and they needed to be encouraged to trust God. And the same thing for this text as we find ourselves in Genesis, where God is reassuring his people that he is sovereign enough, that he has all power in his hands, that by his grace, he will never let his people fall. We see in Genesis 6 that we are in a fallen condition. Where not only is there spiritual warfare, because the Bible clearly says that the sons of God come down and mate with, the, uh, with, with, with humankind and they become, we have giants all over the place. And then we see that the, we see that, uh, the lion of Seth and the lion of, uh, uh, of Cain began to intermingle and begin, there began to be problems in the, in, in, in the, it was continuously evil all the time and something had to be done and God by his grace looks down and he sees somebody who represents him that will stand for him that he can use in a fallen generation. My brothers and sisters, I wish I had some, I wish I had enough time and I wish uh, my math was good. I would count up everybody in here today and tell you God is calling you to the post even right now that whatever is going on, whatever you find yourself at in this season of life, God is pushing you forward in this time. Your church needs you more now than it ever did. Even in this season, even while the evils are going on, all you have to do is look at the news and say that we're in a fallen condition. All you have to do is see what's going on in the school system, and you know that something is not right. Look at the news. Look, you can even look on TV and watch football, if you will. Something is not right. But God is calling us to stand and represent him, to be blameless, to be righteous. And to raise our standard. In order to do this, we must have faith. In order to do this, we must be like Noah. And the first thing we have to understand, I take, I'm a three-point preacher, amen. So uh, the first point, <laughs> we must accept God's vision. So God, he calls Noah. And we see it in our text. 
where he calls on Noah and he says, by faith, according to uh, Hebrews, by faith, he calls Noah. And Noah, when God calls him, he took God at his word. How many of us, when God, uh, whenever we're assigned to do things or we know what we're called to do, we, we kind of, well, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's somebody else or, 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 or I'm not, I'm not uh, qualified to do that or it's just I maybe call somebody else. I'm afraid or I'm, that's not my gifting. I love when people say that. But we're all called to live by faith. We're all called to trust God. No matter what you're going through right now, the church must go forward. So this word faith, faith, the word faith means, it, it means trusting God's word in spite of the ridiculous situation I find myself in. It's the absolute trust. God, if God said it, we always say it. If God said it, he's going to do it. If God wrote it out so that I can read it and understand it and he gave me a mind to, to, to capture it, then I must trust what he's going to say. God said build a boat in, 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 in West Texas. Guess what? You got to do it. You got to do it. Even if there ain't any trees, trees will find themselves in your doorstep because God said he's going to do it. See, we do try to do too much, too much math. We try to calculate. We try to understand it with our finite minds. But we're dealing with a supernatural God who has never failed us yet. And I need one or two people in here today, in spite of what I see, in spite of what people are telling me, I'm going to trust God. They tell us we have a war going on. They tell us different things that, that we'll never get along. Uh, uh, they, they tell us that we'll always be divided. They, the, 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 the Satan has infiltrated the church to where you don't even, we don't even recognize that we are the same people. We're all covered by the blood. In this season, as an impossible as it may seem, God is calling us to construct something under the, under the fight of the enemy, under the lies. As he attacks your family, as he attacks your city, as he attacks your community, we still have the obligation. We still are called and a commission by God to walk by faith and to do what he called us to do. All of us have, all of us have an excuse and a half. All of us can make up a reason why we should not. What, what many of us can have already made the decision, I'm not going to do anything until somebody calls my name. But Noah, by faith, not worrying about whoever, he, 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 he heard God and he said, I'm going to, he says, construct this ark. Now, he had never seen the ark, never seen the rain. But God, I love how God is. God doesn't leave anything to us to guess by. He gives us his word. So he gave him his word. He said, these are, the, this, these are the instructions. Do what I ask you to do. So he does it. He builds it. He puts it, he pitches it in. He pitches it inside and out. He makes that, it makes sure it's waterproof. We, as God's people, in, 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 in spite of what it looks like, Philippians chapter 1 and 6 says, For I'm confident in this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. What he started in Journey Church, he is going to finish. 
in spite of what it looks like, in spite of the naysayers, in spite of, I don't know what's going on, but any time uh, the leader leaves, there's always something that goes on. You may not say it, but I just know human nature. But let me tell you, you have a leadership in place. You have a leadership team in place. I watch y'all online, and I love how y'all carry about yourself, how y'all still carry business. There are people that when the pastor leaves, there's a complete breakdown in the church because do nothing. For five years, I pastored a church that didn't have a pastor for five years. It's just taken us five years to get the pastor. to trust that God is watching over you, even in a time such as this. The next thing you must do is you must accept an impossibility. You must put God in his proper place. God is a God of uh, of impossibilities. We serve a supernatural God. So we see that it had never rained before. No boat of that size had ever been constructed was even built on a location that that location wasn't even conducive. It wasn't even near a sea. It wasn't even near a dock. It wasn't near nothing. There wasn't no truck to put it on a boat to take it. You know how we do it. But he did it. Can you imagine being, being Noah at that time? People, what are you doing, Noah? Building ark. Man, what's an ark? know, but God said that this is what it's going to be. <laughs> Man, you're a fool for doing all that. I know. But I love God. He's provided for me. He's taken care of my family. And I'm going to do exactly what he tells me to do. Noah, you're stupid. I know. <laughs> but God has something for me to do. He's assigned it. And I must complete it. Noah, nobody's ever going to come to your church. This God that you're, 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 you're worshiping, he's a liar. <laughs> I know it doesn't make sense to you right now, but when I finish, when the last nail is put in, can you imagine? They talked about him like he was crazy. He went about constructing this ark, condemning the world. Man, you're crazy for going over there. Soon as he hit that last nail, bang, water started to come out. When you trust God and you fulfill the mission that he's called you to, God's grace is sufficient for whatever you're going through even right now. He says, and by faith. Noah, when God said it, each day, Noah sat out to do God's will. He didn't get caught up in the nonsense that was going on around him. Let me say that one more time. I can't see your faces. He did not get caught up in all that was going on around him. And he concentrated on what he, his family, and God was doing. We can get so confused. We can get so caught up on what somebody.
know that a whole church for the last two years has come to a skid halt. We have stopped doing everything we said that we're going to do two years ago because we're too busy trying to fight one another over the flesh. Instead of trusting God, instead of knowing, instead of the, the enemy has divided us to where we have no power simply because what's on our skin or what comes out of our mouth, our language, but the blood covers us And we still are all called to construct the ark, to save the family, to save a lost generation in a dying world. Lastly, if I'm not over my time, we must accept the opportunity. Noah allowed God to transform his mind, adjust his business, and transform his belief in the prophet. Does anybody believe in the prophet? We are God's people. We serve a supernatural God. And many times we won't move or do anything unless we see it. Unless somebody else says it's okay. But let me tell you today, it's okay to worship God. It's okay to serve him. It's okay to do what he's called you to do. Journey, it's okay to fulfill the ministry that God has called you to because his grace keeps you. It never rained before. It had never rained before. But he was asked to construct construct an ark. And he moved with purpose. And I want to encourage you today. You may not be able to see it. I can't see it. Honestly, this message is not for you, but it is for me. I find myself in a season of transition. I don't know what, what, when, how, or where. I'm questioning the very thing, everything. I mean, God, for years and years, God is, as I was raised in, in the tradition of where I am. But God is doing a new thing in, inside of me. And let me tell you, I'm afraid. I don't know what God is doing. I don't know what's going to happen a year from now. But I do know God is great. I do know God is supernatural. And even though it doesn't meet my criteria, I'm willing to do whatever God says That was Noah's defining moment. God called him because his lifestyle reflected his character. Only the righteous, it is only the righteous whom God uses in favor. My brothers and sisters, as I get ready to take my seat, this is your defining moment. We must, you must accept it and move out of the way. We must understand that walking by faith means defining moments. Moses, with his back against the Red Sea, and Pharaoh approaching, David, as he ran down into the valley to face the giant with nothing but five smooth stones and a slingshot. Elijah on Mount Carmel when he addressed his people and he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? As as God answered with fire and licked up the water and consumed the altar, Daniel He was thrown into a lion's den, but he trusted God. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I must say something to that. They were thrown into a fiery furnace. Jehoshaphat, 
God told him to go out and face an uh, enemy with a praise and worship team. But the battle belonged to God. The disciples of Jesus, all of them died, uh, but one, all of them were martyred. The apostle Paul was stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, thrown in jail, all for Jesus. We serve a God of impossibilities. He can change the impossible to the possible. Look at Lazarus. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. Look at our resurrection. A dead God rises on the third day. But let me tell you one better story than that, that that one Thursday, God saved a person like myself. I wasn't even supposed to live past 25, according to studies. I I wasn't even supposed to be a good father because the the world had, 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 had messed up my, my, uh, my mind and where I couldn't even have a healthy relationship. So definitely I wasn't supposed to get married. I wasn't supposed to be a father. Black men aren't fathers. I was definitely, especially not supposed to be a preacher. I was riding, I was a ride and die brother. My father was a pastor, I was fourth generation. But I decided in my 20s I wasn't going to do anything my dad and so I decided I was going to do the best I could. Since I was going to go to hell, I was going to do a pipe trying to do it. But God, one Thursday night, as I laid up on my bedside, God began to enter in. I was down to my last, ready to give up on my life. But God, it was, on a, it was, at, a, it was at a funeral that I met my lovely wife, we grew up together, but she was saved and I was not. And she came to me and I was hurting so bad that I I didn't know what to do with my life. And and she came to me and saw the look on my face and she said, Benny, God has a plan for your life. I went home and and, and I went to the nearest party and and, and I sat there with an alcohol beverage, uh, no adult beverage in my hand. And I was looking around at my friends and, and I was I couldn't understand what they were saying. They, they, weren't, they were talking gibberish, and I couldn't understand what they were saying, but the Spirit of God began to speak to me and said, I did not call you to do this. I called you to be mine. You can't understand them because they're no longer speaking your language. I got up, went home. Three o'clock in the morning, I called her. I said, what did you do, Benny? I was, I was having fun, man. Like, what you, what you have to do to me? But God began to work on my life. And what was impossible, everybody gave up on. Matter of fact, I was able to attend my own funeral. My brother and sister, they gave up on me. They came home to cry over my, li- my alive body because they felt like I was going to be end up in prison, jail, so they came and they cried. I was there. They gave up on me. But God never gave up on me. And as a witness to you, as I take my seat today, God will never give up on Journey Church. God will never give up on your individual fight. God will never give up on your family. What is impossible? God makes possible. Let us pray. God, we thank you.
thank you for being God all by yourself. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus the Christ. We thank you for his dying, his living and his dying. The act of grace that he did for our soul. God, as we face tomorrow, as we face what is to come, we face it, we face it knowing that you are our God and our Savior, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We accept this mission that is impossible because you are God of impossibility. Amen. shaken and stirred and be calmed and broken for my regard and through it all through it all my eyes are on you and through it all through it all it is well through it all through it all my Let's say that together this morning, Journey Church, that it is well. If you need prayer, there are people up front that would love to pray with you. Far be it from me to not believe. Even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well. So let go, my soul, and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. The waves and wind still know his name.
That phrase, it is well, it is well with me. Sometimes it's hard to say that, isn't it? You know, looking back at the traditional version of that hymn, it is well. Um, the man that wrote that song is a man named Horatio Spafford. And you may have heard this story, but the way that song came about was he and his wife had just lost a son. And then shortly after that, they were in financial ruin, lost everything. Somehow, they saved up enough money and they decided that they needed to go to England. Now, they didn't go together, so Spafford's wife and daughters went ahead on a ship. Well, while they were out in the open sea, they hit another ship. All of his daughters gone. His wife sends message and says, saved alone. And as he crossed the ocean alone, knowing he lost his son, his daughters, and all of his money, that was the song that he wrote. And even in that moment, he was able to say, it is well with my soul. As Pastor Benny said, we may be in a time of transition and we may not always understand what God is trying to do, but I count on one thing, and that is the same God that never fails us. And he has a plan and he will not fail us now. We don't come here to serve a leader. We came here, we come here to serve a risen savior. Amen. I know we're a little behind, we're running, we're running a little bit late, but I wanna sing this one more song. But even when we're in the valley, maybe you feel like you're in the valley in your life. That is when it is most important that we say, yes, God, I will, I choose to praise. I choose to glorify your name, even when I don't understand what's going on around me, even when I feel like I'm abandoned, I choose to praise. church. journey in the waiting.
glorified, glorified the name of all names. That nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. Glorified, glorified the name of all i